worthy. He's worthy of all our praise today, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want you to remain standing for just a moment. Turn with me to Luke chapter number 9. Luke chapter number 9. I enjoyed robbing on that fiddle over there. Amen. She calls it a violin. I call it a fiddle. Amen. Brittany, that's what I said. Uh, what did I say? Robin. Well, Robin is Brittany's mama. She appreciated it. That's what it was. Uh, anyhow, you know how to tell the difference between a fiddle and a violin? It's how many teeth whoever's playing it. Amen? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Brittany, you got all your teeth? Amen. There we go. It's a violin. All right. Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. We're going we're gonna to deal with a pretty intense topic today. Uh, uh, it's really going to be uh, a, a type message that when it's over with, you're going to have a choice to make. Everybody in here. It's not going to be it's not going to be one of those kinds. Boy, I tell you if so and so's here, they sure need to hear this. It's going to be it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Amen. Uh amen. All right, get with me now. Get with me. There's one thing that would make a service go better is when we're all working together. Amen. Luke 9 and verse number 57. If you found your spot, say amen. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I'll follow thee whithersoever thou goest. Now that sounded real good. But Jesus has a response to him, and there's one thing you got to understand. When, when, when Jesus says something that doesn't really make sense to us, or when he says something that might sound like, you know, I don't. That, why would he say it like that? Or why would he say that? When Jesus says something back to somebody, he is reading their heart and not what come out of their mouth. Because all we can see is surface stuff. Are y'all with me? You remember, you remember when they went to anoint the next king of Israel and Samuel? He was trying to pick all the rest of them, and God said, uh-uh, don't look on the outward. God looks on the heart. And when Jesus responded, there's three guys we're going to look at today, and when Jesus responded to their comments, it doesn't re- you think, wow, why would he say that? But he is responding to what they were really saying in their heart. If that makes sense, say amen. So keep that in mind when we talk about this. He said, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said, really? Verse 58, Jesus said unto him, let me tell you, if you're going to follow me, watch this. I don't even have no place to lay down tonight. Foxes have holes. Birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath nowhere to lay his head. And he said unto another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Most, most uh, Bible scholars believe that this, is not, this man has not died that day, but this is man is saying, hey, I, I, just, just let me wait till my father dies and give me some time and then I'll come follow you. But Jesus says, let the dead bury their dead. In other words, let the spiritually dead bury the physically dead. But go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. Now see, on the surface, that sounds like a logical thing to do. Let me just go tell them bye, and I'll be right back. But Jesus says, no man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Now what did we say Jesus was looking at? Their heart. It seems real logical to go home and tell them bye, and then here we go. But Jesus knew something about his heart that we need to understand today. Amen? Father, in Jesus' name, help us to be followers of you and not just fans. God, give us what we stand in need of today. I need your unction, and and, and Lord, we need to hear from you. 
Lord, this is not a sermon. Lord, this is not a lesson. This is a message. And I believe with all of my heart, you have put it deep into my soul, into my heart to deliver. And God, I pray that you'll help me deliver it with power. Help me deliver it in truth. And God, I praise you and I thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. If you are a first-time attender this morning, we are so glad to have you. Man, I'm telling you, it is great. We want you to be here, and we want you to feel welcome. And if you don't mind, if you finish filling out that prayer card, would you hold it up right there where you are? First-time attender, never been here before, filled out a prayer card right there in the middle, some on this side over here. All right, right there in the middle, they're running to get that all the way down here in, in the front. There we got, got some church. Let's give, them, let's give them a hand for being here today. Isn't that great? Amen. Amen. Everywhere, everywhere that Jesus went, he would use these words, follow me. Follow me. He, and, and the Bible says in Matthew chapter number 4, verse 18, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, say it with me, follow me, follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. And straightway, this is their response, straightway they left their nets and followed him. Matthew 9, 9. And as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of customs. And he saith unto him, follow me. And he arose and followed him. John 10, verse 27, Jesus said it this way. My sheep hear my voice, and they know me, and I know them, and they follow me. They follow me. Uh, Jesus wants people to follow him. He is looking for followers, not fans. He is looking for followers. He is looking for people to follow him. Do you know one of the greatest compliments, one of the greatest compliments that could be told to a disciple, any disciple, not just a disciple of Christ, a disciple of some religious leader or some uh, 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 politician of that day, is that he would be covered in the dust from his master's feet. You know what that means? That he is so close. He is walking so close to his master. He is walking so close to his teacher. He is walking so close to his mentor that he is literally covered in the dust of his master's feet. And do you realize that the disciples, when they followed Jesus, they wanted to do it just like he did it. They wanted to live just like he lived. There was stuff they had to learn, but Jesus taught them to pray. Jesus taught them to live. Jesus taught them to love. Now, we know they didn't get it all together, and they, they had issues like everybody else, but we know that they were following their master. Now, when you get to this point, if you'll go over and look at John and kind of compare, <coughs> excuse me, compare the Gospels together, you'll see that this is after a situation where Jesus has fed thousands of people. Thousands of people. Jesus is preaching. People are gathering. And I mean, uh, there, the Bible says there's 5,000 men, so approximately 15,000 people because they didn't count the women and children. So if you put them together, there was maybe, some believe, possibly 15,000 people. He took one lad's lunch and fed them all. Now, here's the deal. When we look at it from the outside, man, Jesus has got rock star status. There are people coming from everywhere wanting to check him out. I mean... He has no problems getting a crowd. He has no problems getting a crowd. His only problem was keeping a crowd. Did y'all catch what I said? He didn't have any problems getting a crowd.
Because, see, this is what began to took place. And I'm afraid this is taking place in the American church today. The Bible says when Jesus confronted this huge crowd that he had just fed, and they were chasing him down because they wanted to be where he was, literally, they wanted to set him up as king. But he says, look, the only reason you're following me is because you desired to see a miracle. You wanted to see a trick. You wanted to see a lame man walk again. You wanted to see a blind man see again. So basically, the only reason you came after me is because you wanted to be entertained. They wanted entertainment. They wanted to see a trick. They wanted to see a miracle. They wanted to see there and see Jesus do some hocus pocus, Jesus do some magic and fix somebody. They wanted to see a miracle. They didn't come to hear a message. They didn't come to follow a man. They came to be entertained. But then, aren't you glad? Aren't you glad Jesus doesn't care why you come to him? He'll still meet your need. He sees this big crowd out here, and he knows their intentions because he said it. He knows why they came. He knows their motivation. He knows what the deal is, but he sees that they're hungry. And he sees that there's nothing they can do about it. So he turns to the disciples and says, look, we need to feed these guys. What do we got? He says, we got one last lunch, five loaves and two small fishes. And he fed them all. I need a witness. That's what I call a fish fry. Amen. Fed them all. Now, you think they was jacked up before? Now they're really jacked up about Jesus. I mean, they're, they're wanting to make him king. I mean, you know why? They got a handout. And this is how Jesus, Jesus says this in John 6. He said, when you first came, you just wanted to be entertained. But now you think you're going to get a free meal. You're following me because of the bread. You're following me because of, are y'all with me? Now, let me, let me ask you a question. Nobody, nobody raise your hand or nobody say amen and all this kind of stuff on this part right here. But, but I wonder how many people are in churches today to be entertained or because they need God to do something for them. They don't want God. They just need his money. They don't want God, but they need his favor. God, I don't want you to tell me how to live, and I don't want you to change my life, and I really don't want to line up with your book, but boy, I got a big bill due this week. God, I don't really want you to get in my business at home, and I, 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 don't want, I, I really don't want to stop some of the things you want me to stop, and I, I don't want to start some of them things you want me to start, but boy, I've got a doctor's appointment. I don't know what he's going to say, God. I, I, are y'all with me? And we got churches full of fans fans we get entertained we get a feel-good feeling we like the worship now I'm now trust me I like it too I like it too I've been where it's not and I'd rather have this and I like the feeling I get when I do come and worship I when they first sung that song uh, in in the early service I cried like a baby I mean I just felt the presence of God I, I, I love all that but I'm telling you it's more to it than that it's more, well, I don't really like the preaching, but I like that singing. Or you come and say, I don't really like that singing, but I like that preaching. It all goes together. And when Jesus gave them his message and explained to them what it really took to follow him and what they were going to need to do that he was the bread of life. He said, you bragging about this bread and you bragging about the manna. He said, I'm the true manna. 
You're going to have to receive me and take my words in you. In other words, it's got to be more than a surface religion. You're going to have to take this on the inside. You need to be changed, not just tickled. I need a witness. And you know what they said? This crowd that chased him down, wanted to make him king, this is what they said. This is a hard saying. And they begin to leave. I mean, there were so many leaving that Jesus had to actually turn to his disciples, and this is what he said. Y'all going too? You going to leave me too? Peter said, where are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. Great answer. But you see, Jesus is not after fans. He's after followers. Jesus didn't say one day, cheer for me. He said, follow me. Follow me. We're having crowds where we're having to go to multiple services. We're working on, we're working on plans to extend the building and do what we can to reach more people. But you know what? We need to develop the ones we have. We're still going to do that other stuff, but it might take a little time. But ladies and gentlemen, God is really speaking to my heart about teaching us and helping us understand He's after more than a fan. He wants a follower. And you're going to have to make a choice today. What, it, what are you going to do? Are you going to be a follower? You see, because right after all this situation happens, these guys come up to Jesus. Now do you, now do you kind of understand what took place in these verses? Jesus, people were trying to follow him because they wanted to be entertained. They wanted to follow him because they got a free lunch out the deal and they wanted free food. They didn't want to have to work. And, then, and here, maybe, you know, here we are. That's, that that kind of sounds like them TV preachers, don't it? Anyhow. And he gave them a message that just broke them down. And they began to leave. And as they were all leaving, a guy comes up to Jesus probably piously he was a scribe according to the book of Matthew he was a scribe he probably seen all that and was looking at him I tell you what I'll follow you wherever you go but there was only one problem that he didn't realize Jesus could look past the surface comment all the way down to his heart he said really really you're going to follow me wherever I go well let me tell you what I don't even know where I'm going to sleep tonight the foxes have holes, the birds have nests, but I don't have nowhere to lay my head tonight. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have to make a choice today. Number one, there's some things that, that I want you to know about following Jesus. Now, when God was giving me these points, I'm saying, God, nobody's going to want to do this. There's nothing. Look, we're, we're in such a, what is it in, what's in it for me? Lord, nobody's going to like this. Nobody's going to care about this. Nobody's going to want to do this. And God said, but this is what it takes. This is what you need to understand about following Jesus. Number one, there's no convenience in following Jesus. There is no convenience in following Jesus. He says, I don't even know where I'm going to sleep tonight. I don't even have a bed. I don't have anything. This is a by-faith adventure that I am on. If you're going to follow me, you're going to have to understand it is a very inconvenient thing to follow Jesus. 
How many of y'all have recognized by now there's nothing convenient about serving God? There is never going to be a convenient time to give. Never. It's not convenient. It's not convenient to sacrifice. It's not convenient to put God first. It's not convenient to think of others before you think of yourself. This is just not a convenient situation. And if you make up your mind today that I'm going to follow Christ, I want to warn you ahead of time and let you know that there is no convenience in following Jesus. None whatsoever. I'm telling you, Barnum, George Barnum, after nearly 25 years of collecting and studying spiritual data, and trends believes that the statistics show that Americans are showing a much more limited commitment to faith. Barna explained that Americans are willing to expend some energy in religious activities, such as attending church or reading the Bible, and they are even willing to throw a little money in the offering basket. Because of such activities, they convince themselves that they are people of genuine faith. And a lot of people in here today believe that. Well, I'm, I'm everything God wants me to be. But, but... When it comes to, to, listen, time to truly convince themselves and truly establishing their priorities and making a tangible commitment to knowing and loving God and to allowing Him to change their character and lifestyle, most people stop short. We want to be spiritual and we want to have God's favor, but we're not sure we want Him taking control of our lives and messing with the image and outcomes we've worked so hard to produce. In other words, we want Jesus the Savior, but we don't want Jesus the Lord. We want Jesus the Messiah. We want Jesus the Redeemer. We want Jesus the Rescuer, but we don't want Jesus the Lord God Almighty who will tell us and lead us and give us what we need to live and how to live and what to be and run our lives for us. This is the number one saying in America today in the church. Nobody's going to tell me. We have a Burger King mentality. I want it. You know what convenience means? It means I'm in control. Paul is preaching to a political figure named Felix and his wife, Drusilla. And I mean, he's laying it down, buddy. I mean, he's just putting it right down where they live. And this dude, I mean, he's preaching so hard, the guy starts trembling. The Bible says when he began to reason of judgment to come. Are y'all with me? Temperance and all these things he's preaching. This is what he said. Now, now listen. Now listen. Listen. I, I, I need to hear this, but I, I'm, I'm going to wait for a more convenient season. And then, I, and then I'll call for you. But you know there's nowhere in the Bible where we find that he did. You know why? There's no such thing as a convenient season. There's no such thing as a convenient time to follow Christ. There's no such thing as a convenient hour. You say, but preacher, it's getting bad out there for the Christians. It's going to get worse. But if we're going to follow Christ, we've got to understand there's no convenience. In Hebrews 11, we find a group of Christians who knew what it meant. It says in Hebrews eleven thirty six, 36, And others had cruel mockings and trials of scourgings. Moreover, of bonds and imprisonment, they were stoned. They were sawn in half, sawn asunder. They were tempted. They were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute and afflicted and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and the caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. 
What are you saying? There's been Christians in our, in our, our life, in, in Christians in history, who had, had been killed for the faith, who had been tortured for the faith, who had been stoned for the faith, because they knew and they understood this is not a convenient thing. But we got people that won't come to church if the air conditioner's not working. We got people that won't come to church if it's too crowded. We got people who won't give unless they've got plenty left over. They'll take care of everything else and then think about God last. God should come first. And we've got fans, but not many followers. We wonder why the, the Satan is running rampant in our country today when we're supposed to be the majority. Christians are supposed to be the majority. But we find out that if it's inconvenient, we don't want to have anything to do with it. If it messes up with our schedules, we don't want to have anything to do with it. Well, preacher, I would serve, but. Preacher, I would give, but. Preacher, I would sacrifice, but. Preacher, I would. If you're going to follow me, you've got to understand. It's not convenient. It's not convenient. Not only that, he turns to another fellow. Now, this first point, no convenience, speaks of commitment. Say it with me. It speaks of commitment. Everybody, we like that word, don't we? It speaks of commitment. But then he looks at another guy and says, won't you follow me? He said, okay, uh, okay, but, but first let me go bury my father. In other words, won't you just give me time, and uh, after my father's died, then I, I can take care of that, and then I'll come follow you. Well, Jesus says, let the dead bury the dead. Come and follow me. Go and preach the kingdom. Listen, he says not only is following Jesus, there's no convenience, but then there's no delay. Say that with me. There's no delay. We can't wait. We can't stop. We cannot delay. This speaks of urgency. Can you see the urgency in the message of Christ? He says, you don't have time to go do that. You can't go do that. You cannot procrastinate. You need to make your mind up today. Either you are or you're not. The, the gospel has got to be preached. All through the life of Christ, we find urgency. Even from a young child, we find urgency in the life of Christ. When he was in the temple as a young man confounding the wise. Y'all remember, Mary and Joseph left him behind. Y'all remember the story? How many of y'all would like to be the ones responsible for losing Jesus? I mean, God entrusted him to their care, and they lost the Savior. Amen? They come back to the temple. They come back to the temple, and there he is, and they're confounding the wise, answering and asking questions, and, and boy, Mary gets on to him. What in the world have you done to us? What, what was you thinking? I mean, you had us scared to death, and this is what he says. And he said unto them, How is it that you sought me? Wished ye not that I must be about my father's business. I looked up that word. That means I got to get an early start. I must be about my father's business. He says also, he says also in, in Luke 4, verse 42. And when it was day, he departed and went into a desert place. And the people sought him and came unto him and stayed him, that he should not depart from them. And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God. They wanted him to stay, but he says, i got to go. They wanted him to hang out, but he says, listen, I've got a message, and I've got to get it out. I must preach to other, other cities also. John 9, 4. I must work the works of him that sent me. While it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. I must do my job. I must fulfill my calling. 
I must go do what God sent me to do. Can you feel the urgency in his message? Can you feel and sense the urgency in his voice? He says, I've got to go. I can't wait. I cannot be delayed. I cannot be distracted. I've got a job to do. And you know what today? In the American church, we've lost that urgency. We've lost the understanding that there is a literal burning hell that people are going to die and go to every day if we do not get the gospel to them. There is an urgency in China. There is an urgency in Iran. There's an urgency in Korea. There's an urgency in India. But you know what? There is a lackadaisical attitude in America. We have such apathy in the church in America. As long as I get food in my belly, as long as I have a roof over my head, I'm satisfied. Well, that's got to stop. We need to understand our friends that are lost are going to go to hell. Our family that are lost are going to go to hell. The workers that we work with, we've lost the urgency. No delay. You can't go back. You can't wait. He says, you've got to go preach the kingdom. Well, I tell you what, if you're going to follow Jesus, you've got to understand there can be no convenience. There is no delay. We have to get an urgency again in what we're doing. Amen? Number three. One more guy. One more guy comes up to him and so says, I tell you what, I'll follow you then. I'll follow you, but just let me go say bye. Now, how many of y'all would agree with your preacher? How many of y'all would agree with your preacher? On the surface, that, that sounds pretty harmless. I mean, that don't sound like that big a deal. I just want to go say bye. But what is Jesus reading? The heart. Just like he's reading your heart right now and what you're thinking. He says, look can't go back he says any man that will put his hand to the plow looking back is not worthy of the kingdom what's the point now I've never plowed with a mule and I've never plowed with a plow but the principle is the same uh, I worked on a golf course I worked on a golf course when I was in high school went and got a job at a golf course so I could play for free say amen Always thinking, amen. And they taught me, I, I worked on a real expensive, uh, fancy club in, in, uh, in South Carolina when I was in Bible college. And, and all of those, how many of y'all have seen on TV and seen some of those really fancy courses? And on the greens, it looks checkerboarded. Got a checkerboard pattern. I always wonder how they did that, and then I learned. And, and they, they use these real fancy walk-behind mowers. And, and, and this, is, this is how they taught me to do it. When they were showing me, teaching me how to do all this stuff, they said, now what you do, you line up your mower in the, in the direction that you're going to cut, and you pick out a target. You pick out a point to focus on. And you do not take your eyes off of that focus. You keep your eyes on that point. You keep your eyes on that target. And when you take off and you start your line, never take your eyes off the target. Say that with me. Never take your eyes off the target. Say it again. Never take your eyes off the target. And, man, when you do that, you'd cut the straightest line you ever seen. Well, I tried it without it one time. I said, I could do this. And I just, watched, I just watched my line. I didn't watch the target. And when I got through, I thought, man, that's straight as air. I turned around, and I cut a C in that thing. When you get your eyes off the target, it's very hard to walk straight. What's the point? Farmers know this. If you don't keep looking straight, 
You're not going to cut a straight row. And you're not going to plow a straight line. Are y'all with me? And what Jesus is saying here, following me, there's no convenience. Following me, there's no delay. Following me, there's no indecision. You can't say, I'm going to follow Jesus, but you keep thinking about your past. I'm going to follow Jesus, but I'm going to think, what, what am my family going to think? I'm gonna, there cannot be any distractions. The Bible says an un, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Watch what Paul says. Paul said it better than anybody. Paul said it better than anybody in Philippians 3, 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Say it with me. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the what? Mark. He said, I've got a mark. I've got a mark that I'm pressing toward. I'm not looking back at my past. I'm not looking back at my failures. I'm not looking back at my accomplishments. Do you realize accomplishments will keep you from going forward just like failures will? Listen, churches all across America say, well, it worked back in such and such, and we accomplished, but you can't, that won't work for today. you got to go forward. His mercies are new every day, and you got to get your eyes off of the past. You've got to get your eyes from behind you and look straight on, look straight at Christ, look straight at the target that God has given you. we got to know what our job is and focus and stay on that. And as long as we focus on that direction and press toward the mark, we're going to do okay. Now, some of you, you don't have the power of God in your life because you've been wishy-washy. You've got one foot in the world and one foot in the church. I, 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 I want to play, but I want the security of heaven. I want to dibble and dabble in sin, but, 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 but I, I want the favor of God. It does not work. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we walk with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. There's no indecision. You see, before everybody leaves today, this is what's going to happen. Because God's already working in every heart right now. Everybody, there's people in here, your heart's beating so fast, you think you need a, you think you need a heart pill. No, you don't. You just need to submit to God today some of you here are lost you've never been saved you know you hadn't God's telling you right now you need to be saved well we're going to have an invitation matter of fact they're coming now and we're going we're gonna to give you an opportunity to get saved some of y'all have, have, have played around on God and played around on God and played around on God and you, and you want to hold on to the world and you want to hold on to heaven you can't do it it does not work. You can do it and be a fan, but you can't do it and be a follower. 